0: Abiso Musiya on SAFM. Yes, uh, sad day, a it's, 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 uh, dark weekend. Actually, as we lost one of our own in sport, Mr. Mario Walker at the age of ninety-seven, and we joined on the line all the way from the UK by Kevin Piper, who's a TV sports executive who worked with Mario um, Walker on ITV's F1 coverage and did that documentary when he was retiring. Kevin, good evening, and thank you. For, good evening from us in South Africa, and thank you very much for being able to speak to us.
1: Well, good evening from Norwich, UK, and uh, a very warm welcome to all my uh, friends in uh, South Africa. And thank you for having me on.
0: Thanks, Kevin. We need Norwich to be back in the Premier League next season. Is there any hope?
1: Ah, every hope. We are ten points clear after another win yesterday, and uh, and flying. So yes, your knowledge impresses me. The Canaries
0: are flying high. Yes. Good thing you kept Puka there. Hey, he didn't go anywhere. <laughs> quite right yes but yeah. kevin i mean we're remembering mario walker this evening here in south africa firstly uh for you when did you first come across mario walker
1: well the first time i worked with murray was some 25 24 25 years ago now because at the time i was working for the uh, itv independent network here in the uk and um we'd surprised everybody here by taking the rights of Formula one from the bbc and um, you'll be aware, I'm sure, that uh, the BBC, with an incredibly long tradition and proud broadcasting tradition, uh, which had held the uh, Formula One rights for many years, uh, this came as a big surprise, and uh, people looked at what we were doing uh, nervously because they thought, does this mean it's the end of an era? We won't see or hear people like Murray Walker anymore. Well, let me tell you, one of the first decisions we made was that if Murray would be happy to come and join us, join the rivals, as it were, we would be absolutely delighted to have him on board. And uh, I gave him a call, introduced myself, explained our plans. We were doing uh, a lot more coverage of Formula One than the BBC, with respect, had. We introduced live coverage of every qualifying uh, session, which the BBC had not done. We committed to live build-up of every race. And we had a Saturday evening tea-time magazine programme, which we invited Murray to co-host. And um, he he was very keen to do that because his passion was motorsports. His main passion was Formula One, and we were giving him the opportunity to continue that passion. So it was um, it wasn't that difficult to persuade him.
0: <laughs> and and we all know him as as, as the voice of Formula One. Why, why in your opinion was he the voice of Formula One? The fact that you had to bring him on board also when you got this deal.
1: Well, I, I don't know about um, uh, life in South Africa. I've been lucky enough to come to South Africa two or three times to uh, to follow the uh, Rugby World Cup in '95 and the Football World Cup more mm. recently. But here in the UK, there, there are any number of familiar broadcasters. As television emerged back in the, the early black and white days, in the 50s and 60s, even before that, there were familiar voices with different sports. Uh, John Arlott in tennis. Tele- uh, David Vine in, in skiing, and you know, Murray, Murray was very much um, the, the man who did all kinds of motorsport back in the day, and, and he kind of came through as that iconic voice and, and figure as one of many, as I say, to use the word again, icon, iconic broadcasting figures who became legends of broadcasting in this country.
0: And going into more detail, what made him so unique or so special? Because for me, it wasn't just about the storytelling with him. He also just made it so simple if you're watching at home. Well, I think that's a very, very good question.
1: I mean, first of all, he was absolutely passionate about it. And of course, as we know, because his voice was used by countries far and wide, not only here in the UK, but of course with you in South Africa, um, in Canada, in in Australia. But his voice had... Somebody described, I think it was Clive um, Clive James, was it from Australia, described him as, as having a voice that sounded as if his pants were on fire. <laughs> so, as Murray himself used to say, it was perfect for a high octane sport. He had that, that it cut through, and, and you know, one of the biggest kind of compliments I think we we all gave him is, you never watch a Formula One race and it would be dull with Murray Walker commentating, it was always exciting, and that's what he brought to the. Sport. If it was an ordinary race, it didn't feel ordinary because of the passion that he brought with that distinctive voice of his.
0: And some people have said he was more, I've I've heard some of the tributes, they were saying he was just more than just the voice of Formula One. He was much more than that. What do they mean by that?
1: Well, I think they probably mean as a person. Um, You know, at this time, at a sad time, when we lose somebody uh, of such stature, uh, such straight age, who's done such great things in in this case in his life, it's easy for tributes to flow. Uh, people say very nice things about people in these circumstances. Yeah. But with Murray, I can tell you, honestly, people used to say lovely things about him all the time when he was with us because he was just such an easygoing, charming, friendly, um, and, and just a, a very generous man. I mean... I I was fortunate enough, as you said, when you introduced me there to spend a year with him um, after working with him for five or six years, making a documentary about his final year as lead commentator um, in Formula One. So we we reflected his rich, rich life uh, as an army officer, uh, having passed out through Sandhurst, uh, his passing out parade taken by Dwight Eisenhower back in 1944. Then he was a very successful advertising representative Uh, And some of his um, advertising phrases were were very well known and still are very well known in this country. And then he he developed this um, double life where he was commentating at the same time on all kinds of motorsports. But you, you could approach him, even though he was so well known throughout the world, he was so approachable. I would be with him and anybody would come and ask him for an autograph. He was extremely happy to give everybody time. At the end of the documentary I produced, He was kind enough to send a handwritten letter of thanks to me where I felt I should thank him. He was such a generous man with with everybody, and I think that's what made him more than just the voice of motorsport.
0: And is it true that he had another job while he was commentating? Well,
1: as I say, he he was for many years a successful advertising sales representative. Oh, that was the job. Um, Yeah, that's correct. And um, uh, this may or may not mean too much uh, to to my friends in, in South Africa, but, for instance, he came up with a, a, a phrase to sell seed for budgerigars. Um, so he coined this phrase, a lonely budgie. Uh, sorry, I'll start that again. He coined this phrase, an only budgie is a lonely budgie. And sure enough, people went out and bought a second budgie, and, set the, and then therefore the, uh, the amount of um, budgie food that was sold went through the roof. So, um, you know, a very clever man like that. And Remember that one, an, an only budgie. Is, is a, a lonely, lonely
0: budgie. I'll remember Correct. that what, what a great selling line there. We're going to take a quick break, Kevin, and we'll continue after this. If you've just joined us, we are remembering the voice of Formula One, the voice of motorsport, the legendary Mr. Mario Walker, the man that made a lot of us just fall in love with, with the sport.
1: Sport On,
0: on SAFM.
1: Three lights, four lights, five laps, pause, go, go, go! And Senna sprints away, but Alain Prost takes the lead. It's happened. Alain Prost has taken the advantage. Senna is trying to go through on the inside, and it's happened immediately. This is amazing. Senna goes off at the first corner, but what has happened to Prost? He has gone off too. Well, that is amazing, but I fear absolutely predictable. It's Schumacher! It's Schumacher! Incredible! And Fishing Keller! Great start by Eddie Irvine! Field Look at Field over! And into the wall! Who was that? Coulthard, 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 Coulthard in Coulthard. the wall! Maybe Coulthard into the wall will stop the race! They'll have stop to the red flag this. Oh, this is it. terrible! Look, oh, this is quite appalling! This is the worst start for a Grand Prix that I have!
0: If you don't know who we're talking about, that is exactly who we are remembering tonight. Murray Walker. On that note, Kevin, um, he he had a great partnership or a great commentary partnership with the James Hunt and later Martin Brundle. How do you describe his relationship or, or just his commentating with James Hunt?
1: Well, well, James Hunt uh, was before my time. Um, it may not you, you may not believe me, but I'm, I'm <laughs> considerably younger than than Murray. But, but obviously, as a youngster growing up here in the UK, it was absolutely show business uh, mm. listening to those two. Um, the, 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 the story goes that they would give them only one microphone because both of them wanted to talk all the time <laughs> over each other. So the producer, before we took over, the producer said, right, I've got a way of stopping you both talking at the same time. You can have one, one mic, mic between you but but they they were the best of friends and and it was a magical partnership and brought so much uh, box office to the to the coverage with martin uh, i know a lot more martin than myself we are we are roughly the same age and Mm -hmm. i i used to work in a in a a town called king's lynn where martin was born and bred um, and followed his career from a very very young age when he was grass track racing before he came through and got the break into formula one Uh, And so we knew each other uh, quite well, even before we found ourselves working together in the commentary box in Melbourne at the first race in 1997. A very different dynamic between Martin uh, and Murray. Um, You might say less kind of um, uh, less crazy, less kind of um, edgy. Mm. But Martin was was very informed that the racing driver just out of the cockpit as he was, Mm. was able to bring so much insight and, and critically with Martin, he was able to tell it in a way, a very technical sport, but tell it in a way that people could understand. My mum could understand, my wife could understand, while Murray kept us all on the edge of our seats with his exciting six-gear, flat-out kind of uh, seat of events commentary.
0: And I saw watching the tributes over the uh, 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 past couple of hours or even yesterday that he had so much respect from the drivers also. But there's one moment that a lot of people remember. Uh, The World Championship in 1996 that was won by Damon Hill. He said, I have a lump in my throat. I can't say any more. Do you know the background to that story? Well,
1: when we were doing the documentary, we filmed him at the RAC club here in London um, doing an after dinner speech. And uh, he basically said, look, before you ask me, I get asked every time about the circumstances surrounding me saying, I think he actually said, and I've got to stop now because I have a lump in my throat. And and, and he explains, he explains very well, uh, he didn't have it written up on the commentary wall as a a note to go to in case Damon were to become world champion. He knew Damon's father uh, very, very well, Graham Hill. He knew that the family had suffered tragedy when Graham sadly perished in their plane crash. He knew how hard Damon had had to work to reach the pinnacle of the sport. And knowing the family so well, and Damon's uh, mother and and wife and the entire family, he was attached to them genuinely. And it was a real spontaneous outpouring of uh, emotion. As somebody he cared for, he knew about, he was a close friend of, actually achieved the uh, ultimate success in Formula One. So very much a spontaneous moment. And, and a good point, if I may just pick up on yes. something you said there about uh, being as well-known as the drivers, he was as popular as the drivers. <laughs> he would arrive at, uh, at um, uh, an airport in, in Melbourne or maybe uh, you know, when coming to Johannesburg in the back end of <laughs> uh, of the, the time. Um, sadly, we didn't ever get to Kailami um, uh during uh, our time at itv but he would he would touch down anywhere in the world and there would be as much interest in murray as there would be in jody Schechter or michael <laughs> schumacher or Ayrton Senna. it was, it was quite extraordinary the
0: man's yeah. presence was was quite extraordinary ah oh, kevin what a pleasure talking to you thank you very much can we get that documentary is it available online or anywhere
1: i'm afraid i do not know the answer i'm hoping itv might show it again and okay. as i have uh, Uh, your your colleague's uh, telephone number. I will let you know just as soon as I know.
0: Let's hope so. Okay, thanks, Kevin. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for giving us some of your time here in South Africa.
1: And watch the Mighty Canaries getting promoted to the Premier League.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go Norwich! (laughs) Okay, let's leave it there. Uh, There's a gentleman called Songhezomape here who sent us a voice note. Unfortunately, Songezo, I cannot play it. We are out of time. Um, You know how things work here. We have to go to news at exactly 8 o'clock. But he says in a message, I did not know his name, but that is the only voice I associated with Formula One racing, Mario Walker. He was to introduce me to F1 in the Senna, Schumacher rivalry to the Schumacher Hacking and Jewel to the dominance of the German, a voice made for the sport indeed.